Breakfast Club, right on track. Steve Vines, comrade. Good morning. Hello, comrade. Oi, good that's, to see you. That's, that's what we say nowadays on, on RTHK Radio 3. Hello, comrades. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, Are we facing the glorious future? Miss, yes. Miss, uh, Miss YC Yao, I'm arresting you for being in possession of long tinted hair and a pointy nose between the hours of nine and five in an area where you was not supposed to be. Plus poor, poor dress sense. And for whistling on a Tuesday. Yeah. So and anything the, else we can throw this is, at you. This is a light-hearted, as they say in, in radio, and a light-hearted entree into a rather disturbing um, state of affairs. I mean, we had the arrests of the two young Spiration former legislators, and they appeared in court yesterday. We now have today another sweep of eight uh, mainly young people. Yeah. Now, well, they're easy, I mean, aren't they? They're a pushover. Uh, yes, yes. But, I mean, this is the what they call the early morning knock on the door. The knock. Now, this is, I mean... What I find really depressing a total about this... waste of time. Is well, that what you're is, it, No, it isn't a total waste of time from C.Y. Lung's point of view because he's stepping up to his role as a national leader. And, of course, on the mainland, this sort of thing is very, very common. We thought, in our naivety, that it wouldn't be very, very common here. In other words, that all forms of political opposition is regarded as subversion and is regarded as uh, contrary to the law... Contrary to the law etc etc now the fact of the matter is that the two young inspiration legislators I, I personally think are a couple of dingbats but you know different issue right it's a different issue you're entitled to be a dingbat there's nothing in the law that <laughs> but says you mean, you're telling me there's no other is <laughs> well i was no, going to say you're, 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 you're entitled to be a dingbat <laughs> because the law understands that that, that that some people are not as perfect as others i mean other than you and me i don't actually know of any two people who are perfect but but there may well be. I, I, I am open-minded about that. So the fact of the matter is that you've got them arrested, you've got these eight arrests, early morning arrests, you know, knock on the door. You've got more to come. That's what worries me. So that you, you're creating an impression. When I say you're creating an impression, it's, this is C.Y. Lung. I tell you what... This the- is C.Y. Lung's last days in office yeah. before he steps up to become a national leader. And he has been charged, and he's... If you look at the statements of the Chinese leadership, what they always say about, they like about C.Y. Leung is how he's dealt with the threats to Hong Kong internally, by which they mean people who are opposing the, the regime. Can I ask now, you one thing, Steve? No. This was about them being at, at, at Occupy? You mean today? Oh, no. That, well, that also, it's also about no, the bust, other, busting the, into LegCo, the other, apparently. The other two were... They were trying to gain access to, to Ledco to take their oaths again. Right. Now, the, these eight, these arrests, and you, you again, you wonder, as far as I understand, they, they arise from the Occupy movement. In other words, they arise from events that took place roughly two years ago. And that's, let's face it, the crux of this. Uh, well, I think it is the crux of this. I mean, I think the real crux of this is, see why showing to the bosses, I am the guy who is going to crack down mercilessly on all these separatists and, and, and wild radicals who oppose, who oppose the government. Now, the fact of the matter is, actually, advocating um, independence, however stupid you may think it is, isn't a crime. But, but what, in the eyes of the mainland government, is a crime is anything that smacks of what they call separatism or splitism. So, you know, if but these are the only the main- guys that take this seriously. No, but if you're on the mainland, you would be charged with um, 
actually you could be charged with anything they want you to cho- want to charge inciting you with. whatever I- blah, inciting blah. unrest mm. um, causing divisions in society all of these charges come up very routinely in in the mainland courts and of course once you've appeared in the mainland courts everybody knows you're guilty the fact that you you go through a trial most of these trials don't take many 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 more than a few hours so you appear in mainland court and you're guilty the the, the government decides what charge you're you're going to be guilty of mm-hmm. and then the courts accept whatever the charge is now in hong kong we've still got and you cling to this with a tenacity that you really need to cling to it with an independent judiciary that has not been suborned in other words you can appear in a hong kong court unsure of the outcome of the trial this is i can't tell you how important this is Hmm. but then of course you've got people who stand outside the court when they get a verdict they don't like i they didn't like the verdict against the policeman. So they say, oh, you know, the judges should be, you know, should, should, should be hauled away Steve, and put in irons. pay for play. There is no two ways about this. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't. I don't know. I mean, even if they aren't, even if they aren't paid to be there, it's very, very ominous when you get people standing outside a court calling for, for judges to be expelled for not giving the verdict that they want. For being too white. I mean, one of the things which I, I liked about what happened to Ken Jung when, when he was arrested was, you know, he said, look, I've co- been convicted by a court. I've done my time. I have no complaint about any of this. Mm. Now, he, he didn't think it was a just conviction. He, he pleaded not guilty, all, all the rest of it. But, I mean, if you respect the rule of law, you, expect, you respect it when it goes with you and you respect it when it goes against you. Yeah. Um, to be fair to Donald Jung, when he was released on bail this week, he also said, you know, I've been through the judicial process. I have no complaint about that. I mean, th- these are the right things to say. Mm. Now, obviously, he was very unhappy, and I put this mildly, about having to serve time in jail. But, you know, that was the outcome of the trial, full stop. Mm. So anyway, all I'm saying is that it seems to me that this is very much a CY Leung initiative these arrests i mean they dress it up as oh it's the it's the independent prosecution's arm of of the i mean you know go you want to say it don't you go go fly is all i can say that's the politest way i can put that well very often these these things have been happening for one reason and another over the past few months very often they get chucked out so next week after the muscle flexing and the knock we get the inevitable loss of face when a judge turfs the whole thing out well we'll see we'll see i mean you you know uh, first of all, let's not forget, we're going to see more of this. I think, actually, I said that on the programme the other week. You know, this is part of a process that CY Learn is determined to get as many people as he can into court. Well, you better get being a move on. The, well, he's got, he's, got, he's got a few more months, you know. If you're as determined as he is to do this sort of stuff, you will do it. It's not difficult. So angry. But, but, but. Is, is that making Hong Kong a more harmonious society? Words that we keep hearing from the central government and indeed from the government here. Is that going to make Hong Kong a happier place? I very much doubt it. And, I mean, if you want to see the, the sheer determination of the current chief executive not to give any quarter to anybody who opposes Tear down this wall. Well, exactly. You've got this ridiculous, ridiculous situation where the, the place called Civic Square is open for... Oh, that's right. Not society, which in, is the root of the word civic. Um, it's, it's available for... Oh, that's right. Nobody. <laughs> 
unless they've got some special weasel pass to take them in there. So it's another, it's a symbolic gesture. I mean, the Berlin Wall, which you're referring to in this Ted and the Wall, the famous Ronald Reagan um, statement, that, that was actually a barrier that separated two cities. This separates the legislators from the people. Well, that's it. there is an enormous amount of symbolism in there. There is. Now, Carrie Lamb says she's going to, to, to look at this again. We'll see what happens there. Um, she promises heavy, delivers light, in my view. But, you know, she hasn't started yet, so we must give her the benefit of the doubt. It just seems a bit daft, all this stuff. I mean, you know, as I always say, gate open, horse bolted, just open the bloody place, for goodness. Well, what, it, really? Well, but unless you're CY Learn, who doesn't, who doesn't get it, he thinks that all forms of protest are subversion. That is his mindset. Yeah. They're against me, they're against the government, they're against the People's Republic of China. I mean, he doesn't understand that there is a legitimate space for protest. He just doesn't get that. To his mind, all of that is in, is in the what our good friend President Trump calls the bad hombre well, um, <clears throat> section of society. Here we are. I mean... May, around the corner, aren't we just arranging deck chairs on the Titanic with regards to his rule here? Yeah, but, but the whole point is to try and stop the ship sinking. And, you know, if, if, if your last days in office are spent looking at ways to put the ship further underwater, you would probably be CY Learn. That's you, who you would be if you're, you were trying you're to do that. that falls. It's like a summer's <laughs> day. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, oh, come on, mate. I know. Desperado. I, I, I know. It's, 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 it's desperate people in desperate times. But, uh, you know, this is actually an enormous opportunity for Carrie Lamb. She could change the down this wall. Well, she could change the atmosphere, and you know she could stop these roundups. She could make Civic Square open to the public, as the name would suggest, etc., <laughs> etc. Et now, we'll see. I mean, I don't want to prejudge what she'll do. I mean, everybody said she would be just you know see why long in a skirt. Well, that may well turn out to be the case. Early indications are that that she's timidly, timidly creeping around the area of of, of, of um, what shall I put it, You're creeping around the area of clawing back on some of the things that CY Leung has done. There's a choice. Keep this fractious punch-up going or stop it. Yeah. It's really simple. Yeah, I mean so, the, the, the underlying rea reality is society is divided. There are people who, who, who support the government and, and they support it quite genuinely. I have respect for those people. And there are people who oppose the government. This is common in any society on the planet. There is no society that I know, except for North Korea, where 99.9% .9 of people North think, Korea, that where the, was that? think that the government is absolutely marvellous, etc., etc. If you believe that, you believe all sorts of things. Yeah. But other than that, in any other place on Earth, you'll find that people have genuine and pretty profound differences. Point to me a That's country. That's what we do, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Point to me a country where it doesn't happen. I mean, one of the things I found really depressing about Carrie Lamb is she said, "Oh no, I I can't tackle all these things like social reform." You, you know, she was talking about um, uh, equality for same-sex couples because society is divided on that. Well, society is always society divided, is divided on those issues. The question is, are you going to take leadership and do something or not? So her view seems to be, oh, divisions exist, let's do nothing. That isn't leadership. That's called nothing. 
Yeah. Big Fish, Anastasia on RTHK Radio 3. Still in with Steve Vines. Go get them. It, it's time to talk about white elephants again. So when in Hong Kong we talk about white elephants, we, we generally really mean. talk about white elephants that are paid for by guess who? That would be you and me, the poor old taxpayer. Do you remember, this is a government... <laughs> you keeps... and me, they've got a couple of coffee cups out of me. Now, have they? High <laughs> <laughs> rollers like you. I know. But, I mean, um, every time you hear the government say, you know, we must be really prudent with our funds and... Pragmatic. You know, pragmatic and blah, blah, blah. Stability. So now we learn um, from the audit um, department, who I, I kind of like, I've got a very soft spot for the audit department, oh, yeah. who've been looking into got the... posters cruise... of them on your toilet wall. <laughs> I have. I, I send them emos, whatever they are. Um, yeah, gosh. Um, um, now, where were we? Oh, the cruise terminal, that's right. Now, this is, this is a white elephant that was um, created at the instigation of the Tourism Bureau, the great experts in tourism. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, which, which come up with plans like build shopping malls, build shopping malls, sell handbags. They're, they're very creative, and I, I, I like them a lot. But anyway, they decided that, that Hong Kong needed a new cruise terminal in the middle of nowhere, i.e. I, in Kowloon Bay. Yeah. And, and the government said, I tell you what, here's $6.6 billion of taxpayers' money. Go spend it. So they built... Actually, it's very nice. I went to have a look at it once. It's a very nice cruise terminal. Yeah. Um, the only problem, and only a pedant would criticise them for this, and this is something that the audit department, who obviously are pedants, are criticising them for, the only problem is that cruise ships don't want to go there. Other than that, perfect plan, everything good. Now, what's the serious so on this the one? Reason, yeah. the, the reason is that, that the cruise terminal is in Kowloon Bay. And it, I don't know whether you'd notice, but Kowloon Bay is not a major attraction that... You, you have cruise ships. It's like the tradesman's entrance it, well, of Hong it's Kong. It's the tradesman's entrance, but it's, you know, it's very much at the rear end. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you've got the glory of Hong Kong was that you could pull a whacking great big cruise ship into the centre of town in the shape of the, the cruise terminal in Chim Sa Choi. You, you, you park your boat there. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently there's another term for it, but you park your boat there, you get out of the boat, and you're in the middle of everything. It's fabulous. It's a great, shining part of Hong Kong. So that these dumbos who look at that go, ooh, that's a bit convenient. Oh, I tell you what, why don't we spend some money on <laughs> Did he just say convenient? <laughs> yeah, well, it's only for tourists. Right. It's only convenient for tourists, and we don't want them to be uh, stretched. So... As matters stand, this terminal, at its peak, these are the peak months, yeah. it apparently enjoys something like 38% capacity. In, in the non-peak months, it's sort of in, you know, in the 10s and the 20s, at best. Half of the commercial space inside the cruise terminal isn't operating because, oh, that's right, nobody's there. So the whole thing is a total, another total waste of money. You have something that works, i.e. ships pulling into the centre of town, parking parking, <laughs> parking outside Chimsa Choi, nipping, nipping into, you know, there's shopping centres there or whatever it is that these idiots think of the Great Main. And it's fabulously convenient, the sheer thrill of coming to Hong Kong, parking your boat right in the middle of the city, which you can't do in most cities, incidentally. Or, or remember in the old days, <coughs> and parking your plane in the middle, more or less? <laughs> well, in Kai Tak, indeed, yes. Yeah, well, well, that was that was a real. The first time I went, came to Hong Kong, I, I was I sat 
<laughs> looking through the window <laughs> of of the aeroplane. You know, mm. uh, I was I was thinking, God, this is something. Isn't it's it? all over. Oh, it's I thought you were. <laughs> no, but you now go out. So there's nothing wrong with the Hong Kong airport, but it, it's not the same as Kai Tak. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> well, it's not the same thrill of landing. No, there. I know, but different issue completely. It's a different issue. You know, and, and admittedly, it was don't. too small. I, I I get all that, but the but the cruise terminal is just another dodo. What I mean, do we What do we know to be the real the reason that it's, it's down the road? Nobody wants to go there. No, no, no. The reason it's actually there in the first place. Oh, because some idiots in the tourism bureau said, oh, you know, our capacity, we're going to increase the tourism business. None of this has happened. None of this has happened. These people have a track record for knowing nothing. And year after year, I mean, the That's a nice fence you might want to get off. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm trying to see I'm trying to ask you genuine questions. Why is it there in the first place? It was there because they said... It should be there. Guess what? They said, oh, we could make Hong Kong into a cruise ship hub. Yeah. Uh, Yet again, they're mesmerised by So they could take them on car spray spray shop tours in Tokwa One. Well, uh, apparently they could also go to warehouses. Fair enough. Which is one of the, the great advantages no. of being in Kowloon, at Kowloon Bay. As I always say to you, just <coughs> I've worked in Kowloon Bay, I can tell you, it's not the most scenic part of the, part of the Hong Kong SAR. This is true. Is there something we're missing here? Genuine question. The time. genuine question, the, the genuine thing that they thought was going to happen, because as ever, they're, they're mesmerised. They think, build it and people will come. You know, th- this has been a proven model that doesn't work. So they said, if we build a flashier and bigger cruise terminal, as opposed to the ones that everybody really loves, more cruise ships will turn up. Hong Kong will have more cruise ship business. The reality is less less cruise ships have turned up. The people coming off these cruise ships are spending less than they said. The, the great experts from the Hong Kong Tourism Bureau said they There's only spend. so many radiators you can buy. Well, I know, and... Uh, Sumps know. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still in favour of making it compulsory for every visitor to Hong Kong to buy a handbag. Yeah. But well, that, that, that's just me. Yes, That well, is me. Is I, it, is I think it would be a good plan, and I think it should be compulsory, and I have no idea why that hasn't been brought into law. It's just one of those things. Is this literally a location, location, location <laughs> thing? You know, the punters arrive in, uh, in wherever, and they... They go down the gangplank well, no. and here we are in paradise and blah, blah, blah. Bay. No, I mean in general, in other parts of well, the world. Is this... Well, I think... Is it know, embarrassment on the part of the shipping companies? No, no, the shipping companies are saying, if I can draw up my ship into the middle of town in Chim Sa Choi, what kind of dingbat would want to park in Kowloon Bay? So they're just refusing to go there. It's really simple. They're, they're, they're boycotting it, you know, big time. There was no problem... They, they, they sought a solution to a problem that didn't exist. Mm. And then they said, and you know what? We can, get the, we can get the suckers, that you and me, to pay for it. I'll tell you what, at this point, I want to say hi to Mike, who writes in right. to us uh, quite a bit. Turns out Mike knows about this. He said, you may recall that whilst teaching cruise ship management at the PolyU, I wrote an article for the SEMP in 2003. I don't, Mike, but I'm, inter- I'm all ears, uh, stating that there was no need for this cruise terminal and that it would be a white elephant. I just wanted to say QED. If you've got time, I don't think he's in Hong Kong. If you've got time, just give me a couple of bullet points and I'll happily read them out for you. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he was right. And, and to be, f- I mean, I'm not, ta- I mean, he was right. He, he identified this as a no-brainer in 2003 but a lot of other people who are in shipping business who i spoke to round about that time said why are they doing this exactly talk me through it what is the point of it 
And and the, the Tourism Bureau just came up with all these figures saying, oh, you know, it will increase business by this, that and the other. Well, now we see the reality. It's in its fourth year of operation mm. and it doesn't work. And it's not going to start miraculously working. So the money will be written off. The $6.6 billion that the public spent will be another vast sum of money flushed down the drain. Uh, and, you know, but the great thing is that since these lessons aren't learnt, they say, I'll tell you what, Let's throw more money at these white elephant projects, the bridge to nowhere. But hey, that one, six point six billion. <laughs> you know, that's that's the Hon- the Hong Kong taxpayer at the moment is out a hundred and ten billion dollars on the bridge billion, to nowhere. Billion, Doctor Evil, billion. Yeah, well, if they turn it into a skateboard park, people would go there. And I'm only half do. kidding. You're only <laughs> half kidding. Good morning right. to Anna. She says cruise terminal also has no taxis, no minibuses, no way to get into town. I don't know this. All opinions welcome. Well, it's got very poor, Anna's quite right, it's got very poor transportation infrastructure. They're reliant on the the cruise companies chartering buses for the punters getting off the ships. I mean, all of these things, all of these things fall into the category of why do you create a problem when there was none before? When you could get off the cruise ship in Chimsa Choi and just walk to places. You know, the sheer glory of that, but hey... And also, she says, cruise packs have limited time to shop. They know they can't get to the shops. Yeah, well, all of, all of the above. Yeah. This just came out the other day. I don't... Well, it's the audit report just came out the day. I mean... The and there fact... was a stuff on some yes. news and, and, and news pages and the fact, about the it. the fact that it's been a white elephant has been evident since it opened. I mean, it opened... <laughs> it opened to this amazing chorus of, oh, that's right, one ship docking there. Well, no. I tell you what. I tell you what. Look at this. You know my thing about <laughs> punters getting off in Acapulco yeah. or Hawaii or wherever they yeah. might be. Hong Kong is renowned for its Kong bit, at the harbour. Yes. So yes. you come to Hong Kong as you would go to Sydney. Yeah. Well, you, for could, you, you could the argue harbor. it's in the harbour, and you better get in, in there the ro- quickly. It's whilst... in the wrong. It's in the wrong bit of the harbour. Well, no, That's this is the, the, the harbour, the yeah. Hong Kong picture, yeah. the view. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, broken and fixing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but hey, it's other folks' money, so you know. If you're a government bureaucrat, you're very happy to spend it. It's just a bit bizarre. Well, stupid would be a word I'd use. All right, then. Well, I'm going to wait and see if Mike uh, does reply, but don't worry if you haven't got time. Love to hear from you, though. Well, 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 actually, there was something else in the audit report, but this round of audit reports that caught my eye about the social welfare department. I mean, there's a bureaucracy and a half. So they've got, you know, a million pen pushers and very few people actually doing the, the grunt work of social welfare but i suppose that's quite boring so <clears throat> oh and it's complicated so oh this is so this is so jim hacker territory isn't it it is it <laughs> is so so they have targets like all these government targets they have targets of um approving or not approving or at least dealing with applications for big funds within nine months that seems to me quite a lot of time and for smaller applications within four months the audit department found that one scheme for a, um, an elderly welfare facility waited seven and a half, seven point five years for the social welfare department to make its mind up. And even on a minor works, they found an example of of a wait of three point six years to try and get these people off their backsides, get those pens pushing. I mean. It's it's like a nightmare. Anybody who's dealt with instead the of jumping up and down about it, we need to, you need to just put your calm head on and say, listen, seriously, what is causing this? 
what really, really is the problem here? Is that what it is? What what would the attitude be? Fear of being reprimanded by bosses, making a decision. Is that what it is? is? Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. They, they, I, I'm not exaggerating. There are literally thousands of pen pushers inside the social welfare department. But does this mean and they shuffle the paper between themselves in this endless circle of not taking decisions? Because at root, their idea is that a decision not taken is a decision not wrong. Does that mean that? There seems to be a wave of the government hiring, shall we say, not necessarily the brightest lights on the Christmas tree. I don't even know if it's the is thought it, of is it. it I don't. I wouldn't put it down to the individuals. It's the system. The system discourages. I'm one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, well. No, but seriously, we is, talk about is this that? what it is? Is no, it a no, certain no, type of person? I think the system discourages people taking initiative. Number one, the dis- the system discourages quick action because, of course, if you could do things efficiently and quickly, maybe you wouldn't need so many people to do it. Think about that. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're talking mm. about. But you know this. You, it's all very well to take the mick as we are and jump up and down, but you know sometimes you have to go really deeply, fundamentally. Well, what think, is causing this I delay? I think that's what it is. I think it's as simple as that. And processes Attitude. and processes yeah, and this, yeah. that, and the other. Yeah, that kind of I thing. I mean, it, it's lamentable that that Hong Kong, in other ways, is fantastically efficient. But when you get into the quagmire, which is called the government bureaucracy, you think, well, I wonder what planet we've suddenly landed on. Good morning to John. I haven't heard from you in years. John, John, JJ, how are you? Good to talk to you. Well, listen to you. He says, he, he says very, he says very simply, he goes, who is accountable if it was the private sector heads would roll? <laughs> well, yes, yes, it's a broken record to say that, but it absolutely is true. It is true. It is true. Is nobody, the, Who the is accountable, by the nobody. way? Well, it, don't stop with anybody within the bureaucracy. That's very clear. Here's another thing. Um, and another thing. And another thing. We've got a few minutes, so let's yeah, do let's, some emails and go. stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good morning to Stephen, who says, another place I'm disgusted with... I love it when listeners start being disgusted. Uh, as a complete waste of money is the so-called Central and Western Promenade promenade and Harbour Front event space. An absolutely terrible job of what could have been something amazing. We were promised green spaces and Harbour Front dining venues, etc. It's like a ghost town down there with one cafe and an eyesore of a space reserved for the PLA. A motorway cutting off the space. A nightmare to get into uh, the event space. Events that have... Events that have to put up tents every time at immense cost. He says, I could go on. And again, this is supposed to be Asia's world city forever, comparing itself to Singapore and failing miserably. Well, I tell you what, mate, Stephen, um, suggest you have a nice cup of coffee with a large brandy in it and get out of bed the other side. However, no, but he has your a point, point is very valid. He has a point. I've been down there as well. <clears throat> Yet again, I mean, this is a point which, you know, we, we, we hammer away, we hammer away, many people hammer away at, is you've got this harbour, you've got this fantastic natural facility. Yeah. Let's make sure that nobody can enjoy it. That, well... <laughs> that's basically... Yeah. That's basically what the bureaucrats have decided. Harbour front dining, whoa, 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 you know, we got a regulation about that. Uh, we, we could put up a, a temporary event space, we can do this and that. Oh, and, you know, if all else fails, we can, you know, we can send them a food truck. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's Horlicks. It, it just really seems to is. be mounting up and up and up yeah. and up, and yet somehow it's, 
like us, duh, you should know better. Mike sent me his article, and it's so detailed, Mike. What I will do is put it on our Morning Brew Facebook page, because I'm sure it's a great read. Bottom line is, he's a marine consultant. 2003, he said, this is a duff idea. And he's saying, nah, 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 nah. Ain't ain't that a fact. All right, Steve, one more. One more. Very quickly, um, I'm sorry to return to Carrie Lamb, because listeners may have Carrie exhaustion, but... I, I'm very amused by the publication of her um, accounts for oh, the election shit. campaign. Remember, bring it on. She raised eighteen point seven million dollars. Raised to 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 run a campaign, which incidentally she didn't run. It was run by uh, um, an unspoken and unseen hand from a northerly direction. And we we discover that um, from that eight point seven million dollars of course she didn't really need all that money so she's going to have to give some not bad to charities not bad most of it came from tycoons who could have guessed that but but these tycoons were very clever so as to not to make it too obvious that all her funding came from the big cats what they did and this will this this is really clever was they used their wives sons and daughters to donate the money aha uh, isn't that clever i mean are we talking oh, oh, you know anyway so she <laughs> Apparently she spent $300,000 to get somebody to look after her Facebook account, which everybody knows who who saw it at the time. was mainly filled with people going, we hate you, this is a complete waste of space. She spent um, $230,000 on legal advice, which turned out, you know, about judicial reviews which turned out that she didn't really need she spent farcically 33,000 bucks on uh, printing t-shirts that w- were all wrong so couldn't be distributed it said go john <laughs> <laughs> and she spent this is very interesting i mean her campaign in inverted commas was very short and she spent 324 $324,000 on hiring a PR chief who had no um, experience of political campaigns, but as I said, it didn't really matter because... So, I, all I'm saying is, it's interesting that, that we're having a chief executive who's about to come into office, and if this is the way she spends the money from her own campaign, and that's transferred into public expenditure... Oh, yeah. We ain't seen nothing yet. I want to give our our PS today from a listener from a far-flung place, Big Wave Bay. And I want to say hello to to David Price, who said to me yesterday in a message, and I've only just remembered, he said, can you see what Steve thinks uh, about C.Y. Leung saying, when the time is right, I will tell you about these foreign forces who rule and occupy? No, he didn't actually say, I will tell you. He said, I will produce irrefutable evidence. Well, the question was, is is the time right? Is the time right? Well, we're waiting. We're waiting, C.Y. Hello? 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 But, uh, I'll tell you what, what if he does? What if he does? Um, Do you want to take a bet? (laughs) 